It's not another Buffalo podcast with John. Listen, the Patriots, the, the, the rookie wall, there's no such thing as a rookie wall with this kid. He's got a rag arm. He couldn't throw in that windstorm. The other guy threw the ball all over the park. Rando. The kid playing quarterback ain't our future. The future of the NFL is over in Buffalo. That guy, six foot four, two thirty, runs right by you, throws it ninety yards. And Pat. And the other thing I want to say is, Belichick hasn't won buckets without Tom Brady. Come on, it's over. AFC goes through Buffalo for twenty years, not us. It's over. And welcome back to Not Another Buffalo Podcast. Um, John, I'm here with Pat and Brando. What up, what up? the Buffalo Rumblings Network. Uh, man, that intro was from better times. That was right after the Patriots win. Probably. But does it not go through Buffalo anymore? That's my question, you know. It, it still right. goes through Buffalo. Right. It, it, it sure <laughs> as hell doesn't go through New England. Would but. you call that the peak of your fanhood or would you say last year is the peak of your fanhood? I don't know. We were at Josh Allen's best game as a professional, so... Yeah. I mean, that would probably be the peak of my fanhood until yeah. he does it again, but better. S- <laughs> it's hard to say when your fanhood peaks. Cause you can say like, was right this now. the best Bills moment. Like in your life. Yeah. I mean, being a fan is such an absolute when you're in Buffalo. It's just like, bro, we've been at 100 since 2005, you know, but think about it. Being a fan as a kid also, cause like if you, if for me, this question is interesting because the Red Wings and the Bills have taken opposite arcs in their career build. So like the wings win the cup when I'm 14 and like, I thought that was going to be the pinnacle of my like sports lifetime at age 14. Like as a Sabres fan, that's very possible as well at that point. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were good, but they were never bad until I was like 23 years old. So, but when you, with the bills being so bad, your fanhood relies on individual moments compared to like seasons and careers so it's like we're yeah that's an interesting way to look at it i mean definitely the best moments of being a bills fan have been over these past four years and specifically game moments in these past two years you know because obviously i mean we have when they broke the drought like that was that was really really big that's a good example Um, for this that's a good example but yeah anyway let's wrap up our game picks for the year we had a uh Semi-successful season. Well, one of us had a successful season. That person is cheering right now. I don't know if you can see him in your camera with his skinny arms, but he's cheering. No, he's ripped. (laughs) (laughs) But obviously we had uh, Brando coming out on top. We picked against the spreads this year. So we started out first, like, I think it was the first, only the first two weeks that we picked games, we picked straight up. And then after that, we started picking with the spreads. And that's when everything went downhill, inevitably. So the award for Mr. 6-0 and and 0-6 goes to Pat, only person to ever go winless or sweep a uh, sweep a week, which is even more impressive. Um, but overall, these were our final records. Uh, we had Pat bringing up the rear at 52 and 64. Bringing up the rear. <laughs> I, I, wasn't that, I wasn't very far in front of him a- after... I mean, how you many were still games? in my rear. <laughs> uh, other other way around, but yeah, pretty close. <laughs> Not that that's much better. All right, so so we picked 116 games this year. So after 116 games, I only finished four in front of Pat. So that was pretty much a dead heat. That actually came down to you know the last few weeks of the playoffs. 
And uh, Brando finished up with a commanding lead of 68 and 48. You know how disappointing that, that is? What do you mean? To not finish with 69 wins. Uh, yeah, that kind of sucks. Oh, man. Well, I'll take it. Yeah. John, can I give you an award for these picks? Sure, sure. I believe you and only you has the most Bills picks this season. Yes. So I think the yes. Bills Homer Award goes to Johnny K this season. No, he, he yeah. did pick the Bills to win the most amount of times on the show. Yes. Sure. Hey, in uh, in 2020, if you picked the Bills to win every week, you would have went 13-3, and three, which isn't too bad. That's the point Dude. that Brandon always brings up. Every time, eleven and six even is this still year, pretty good. Yeah, even this year, man. Yes. So here's here's my thing. If we're betting with the spreads, Brandon went sixty eight and forty eight. If we can parlay that success into next year, we should we should have a, a not another Buffalo podcast gambling account where we just put fifty cents on every single Brandon game pick. And That's so much pressure on my picks, man. Hey, only fifty uh, cents, man. What are you gonna buy? A couple Tootsie Rolls. Like, you know. <laughs> Fifty pops, probably just one though uh, for fifty cents. True. Yeah. We should uh, also next year. I feel like we should have a community vote. Like we'll do Twitter polls for each pick, or even better, we should have we should have a guest on each week to uh, pick with yes. us if we can, and then like have, that. have the celebrity pick. I like both of those ideas. Let's write them down. Yeah, we right. have a lot of personalities uh, that we know that would be great on Pretty the show good. as well Pretty as um, other Buffalo rumblings. Uh, co-workers that would be awesome too yeah all right well we're gonna i know it's early in the episode but we've got a big draft coming up or a uh i guess it's not a draft it's a first of the worst reverse draft um so we're gonna take a quick break and get it out of the way so we can hop right in and do our draft seamlessly so stick around it's gonna be a fun one we're reverse drafting the worst traditions in modern sports so uh stay tuned and we'll be right back determined our draft order for this draft so we didn't have to sit on here and use a google random number generator uh, live on episode so pat has been awarded the first overall pick once again and uh brandon will be picking second and i will be picking third um so i've been caught at the the back end of these drafts but i feel like i've gotten a lot of value picks so i'm still feeling good especially especially in this draft pat Number one pick. Are you ready? I'm ready. For tonight's number one pick, we go to the extremely strange land of college football. Now, I was thinking about taking a very um, softball approach and, um, you know, calling out Florida State fans for using the tomahawk chop, which isn't even a seminal tradition. It's actually a Powhatan, um, which is like they're, they're Algonquin Indians from uh, Virginia. But anyways... I thought that was a little bit too easy. So first pick goes to Bucky the Badger. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. Way back late eighties. This guy started doing pushups for every point scored during these college football games, making everyone who watches the game feel terrible, about just so bad about themselves because at the end of the day, this guy's getting a great workout and I'm sitting there and I'm like, Oh my God, my arms would be destroyed if I did that many pushups. So thank you, Bucky for making me feel like absolute. Shit. Um, 
Anyways, Bucky the Badger, number one, doing push-ups for points scored. Thumbs yeah, down. I could not say I, I saw that coming at all. Like, me neither. You, you could have given me 20 guesses and I would not have guessed that. That's, We're number one overall, too. That's funny, though. That's, that's a, good, a one. good one, Pat. Yeah. And, and you sold it. So I love it. Pat, I had to be the cougar mascot, right? He does it in the mascot. Wait, you actually costume, had to dress right? up like in the... Yeah, I did it for our Buffalo Bills parade at school. Really? And I led the preschoolers through the building in the, and I was in the big cougar yeah. costume. Bucky walked so you could run, man. That's awesome. But bro, <laughs> when I tell you, like, it felt like I got out of the shower and I walked down two hallways waving a flag. Like, I would never be capable of doing a push-up in that thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, Brando, number two Super. overall pick. You Super to, happy you, about this. You gonna you gonna play the sound again? Coming in with the number two overall selection, it is something that Bills fans could hold dear to their heart this year. It is the tradition of the coin toss to determine overtime possession in an NFL football game. One of the worst things ever. Could you imagine? Your highest paid players in the NFL making 40 plus million dollars a year. And one of them doesn't get to touch the ball. People come to see Josh Allen. People come to see Patrick Mahomes. People came to see Tim Tebow when he took advantage of this rule. People paid to see Tom Brady. He won a Super Bowl off this rule. Uh, Obviously, this rule is a tradition. Unlike any other, it can really a team over. And I said that we were PG-13, so I know we get one F-bomb. So I'm going (laughs) to use it right there. I'm sorry, mom. I know you're listening and it disappoints you, but the Bills lost a Super Bowl on this rule where they lost possession, didn't get to touch the ball. And in the playoffs, what is it? 11 of the 13 teams have won the game that received the ball. So that's my pick number two overall. All right. So before I get to my pick, I well, hang on. No, no, no. It's okay. I'm not going to make mine yet. Hold, right. hold off on the sound effect. Do, 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 I was <laughs> <laughs> I was researching this and I, I tweeted out a teaser for this. Um, I was researching for, you know, picking my draft board and stuff like that. And I stumbled upon something. It was a it was a long list of weird college traditions um, for sports and stuff like that. And I was reading through some of them and I found what I believe to be the best tradition in college basketball history ever. And so hear me out on this. Hear me out on this. Can I guess? Can I guess it? No, no, no. Because you'll you'll spoil it if you guess it. Okay, okay, okay. Go ahead. Okay. So there's a small college in Indiana called Taylor University. Is that what it is, Brandon? I don't know. Keep going. Okay. Small college in Indiana called Taylor University. They celebrate what they call Silent Night. It takes place once a year on the eve of final exams. All the students dress up in costumes like it's Halloween and they pack their little small arena, like baselines included. The whole place is just packed to the brim of these students dressed in these crazy costumes. And also they're usually coordinated, like usually have like a full row of bananas with like a full row of Smurfs right next to it. I'm telling you guys, just look up videos of this. It's hilarious. So everybody, this is, this is where it starts to get interesting. Everyone in the crowd stays absolutely silent from the start of the game up until Taylor scores its 10th point. Absolutely silent. And then once Taylor scores its 10th point, the entire crowd goes nuts and storms the court. Mid-game, 10th point of the game, <laughs> they storm the court and shut the game down. And it gets better. It gets better, right? So after that, the entire crowd puts their arms over each other's shoulders and they swing back and forth in unison as they sing Silent Night. 
<laughs> during the game. So you've got a basketball game going on with everyone in the stands, like looking like they're singing Sweet Caroline because they're all swaying back and forth slowly, but they're singing Silent Night. And then there's more. Taylor University has been doing this for 21 years. In Silent Night games, they are 21 and 0. Really? So I thought that that was pretty cool. And I had never heard of that before. So was that what you were thinking of, Brandon? Uh, No, but I I had heard of that before. I was thinking where they do it like, I don't know if it's the 10th point or the after the first free throw, but it's like they throw all the stuffed animals onto the court in the basketball game. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I haven't heard of that one. That might be somebody else. But still, that's cool that uh, colleges do that. You know, I'm here for the fun college basketball game. It's so fun. Yeah. But anyway, not to get too top, off topic, I just thought that was too good not to share. Um, but with the third overall pick... Okay. All right. All right. All right. Play the sound. Play the sound. With the third overall pick for the worst sports traditions... We just had the Super Bowl, right? And we got to experience this for the 56th time in a row. It's NFL owners getting handed the trophy first over the players or coaches. I don't know why. I mean, it just feels weird. Does it not? It's like this guy that you haven't seen all season gets to be the first to celebrate with the trophy. And granted, he owns the team, but he didn't win the championship. The team won the championship. And I don't know. Weird. Do they do that, Brennan? They don't do that with the Stanley Cup. The captain, the gets, captain it. gets it first, right? Yeah. 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 So I don't know. It's just this weird thing that the NFL does. The first person to hoist the trophy is the team owner. Which Listen, it's it's short man syndrome. It's what happens when you have $3 billion to burn. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if you, you're the you owners, can make you, the rules. Yeah, exactly. You can make the rules. You're, yeah. They're the ones who pay Roger Goodell's salary. So, yeah. But anyway, that's a good pick. That's a yeah. good pick. Pat, you're up. Number four. All I gotta right. have this ready. I gotta have this ready better. Coming in from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Possibly the worst and goofiest tradition in Major League Baseball. That's right. I'm talking about the mascot race. Specifically, the first ever mascot race. The Milwaukee Brewers sausage race. Um, they had about six or seven dudes dressed up in Italian sausage, Polish sausage, hot dog, churro costumes. And, um, they raced each other around the field. Um, it, it still goes on to this day. I mean, you have everyone from, you know, sausage related people to the Philly fanatic who looks like Satan. That's the, uh, (laughs) that's the, that's the Philadelphia Phillies mascot. He looks like Satan and Oscar the Grouch, like combined with each other. Also, you know what else is a really bad tradition? Obviously, this is like an honorable mention for me, but the platypus trophy. That's correct. The platypus trophy. It's a golden platypus awarded to the winner of Oregon versus Oregon State. And Oregon State got their asses beat so many times that in 1961, when they finally won the rivalry game, they stole the platypus trophy. And it was not found until 2006. True story. <laughs> That's a crazy story. But anyways, yes, the sausage race. I've never understood that. Have you guys ever seen like the mascot races in the seventh yeah, inning stretch? Yeah. I actually yeah. they so did it with like, presidents too, I think, for the, the Washington. The Nationals, yeah, yes. right. They've I, I actually <laughs> Pat, you're gonna hate me for this. I kind of enjoyed those those, those videos. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like yeah, I mean maybe if I maybe if I saw it over and over and over again and was forced to watch it during every single baseball game I'd get sick of it but like when they just pop up on on my feed I'm just like 
that that's pretty funny. I'm scared of mascots though. You can ask my mom. I actually like <laughs> Batavia Muck Dog. We're from Batavia, New York. Um, just outside of it, and there's a minor league baseball team there, and it's like a man dog. Single A. Single A. It's like right? a man dog mascot, and um, I'm just terrified of them. So anything <laughs> mascot related, I think is trash. But I could. I mean, it's funny. It's just like a bad tradition. I'm just like, yo, am I watching the Muppets right now, or am I watching, <laughs> you know, the Yankees on on MSG? So. That's hilarious. First off, if you say the muck dogs, I think you should say Ricky Williams, John Elway, Ryan Howard, uh, who's the shortstop for the Phillies. That was really good. I don't know, all these stars that played there. But so Pat, I have a question for you. You mentioned it a little bit when you were describing your thing. You said the the races specifically. On my board, I have seventh inning stretch. And I want to know if like you would encompass the seventh inning stretch as a yes. whole concept yes. into this. It's terrible. You've okay. already just sat through seven innings of baseball, yes. you know, which I mean? is not, you don't move. <laughs> you, know, you, you can like get the game over with. Like, right I, or I don't not, need you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. These kids are going to be okay. cranky at school for Mr. Habermas. Cause they had to spend an extra 20 minutes at the ballpark stretching. And now Brandon. <laughs> me out to the ball. Yeah. I just yeah. took you out to the ball game. The I'm other, here. I want to watch it. The other point I've seen for that too, is like, you know, you actually haven't been sitting probably for seven innings. You've probably gone back and forth to the bathroom. Yeah. You've probably went and gotten a hot dog. You've been walking your butt off the entire time. You don't well, need to stretch. You just got, yeah. you just sat your back stupid. down again. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, right. to quote my coworker, Sherry, you know, she said, basically, I love baseball because I can just talk to the person next to me. I can walk around. I can go to the concession stand. I can go stand in other parts of the park. And it really doesn't matter because nothing really happens in a baseball game. So <laughs> I, I do like baseball live. Obviously, it's, you know, if you get a nice evening, I went to see the Blue Jays twice last year when they yeah, were in Buffalo. No, that's enjoyable. But I don't. I'm glad that. You know, we clarified that because I didn't know if you had thought about that, but I think that would fit with your pick. So I will give you that off my board. I'll cross that. Yeah. All right, Brandon, you're on the clock at number five. <sighs> All right, John, I'm sorry to do this to you, buddy, but it's on, it's the next one on the board. No, so, you're going to take my pick that I told you I'm about? not taking it. I had the octopus throw on my screen when you said that. Like the rat, I was reading about the rat toss in Florida and the catfish toss is the next one. Like I got all three of them oh. right here. I just hadn't, I hadn't read it yet. When we were talking so, about this pre episode, you're like, what do they throw on the ice in Nashville? Is it rats? Is I thought it, it was rats. rats. I was mixing it up if with you Florida. Don't know, they just, throw, they do it in Florida too. They do it in Florida too. And it's rats in Florida. doesn't even know the tradition and he's going to steal it off of my board. All right. I'm sorry. Go for I'm, it. I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to share. Apologize. I have a small piece of an article that I want to share with that. Okay. One, I have an article here too. Okay. So maybe it's the same. You, one. <laughs> it's just uh, from what Hartford something. Uh, but listen, I'm just going to, this is important to me because the Detroit Red Wings, like I said, when I was 14, I thought I would never be happier as a sports fan. The Red Wings had the best players in the world, their best arena in the world. Everybody, you know, Stanley Cup finals back to back. It was great. Um, and one thing that's amazing is the octopus that comes out of the ceiling. It's this gigantic purple octopus. They throw it on the ice every single game. And the Red Wings have like the longest home winning record. They have the most playoff wins at home. They have so many things that is just amazing. I have a pillow pet of a Red Wings octopus. It's like it's one of the best traditions. It started in 1952. So my second pick in this draft goes to the catfish toss in Nashville for the Predators. I'm sorry. It's Johnny's. They throw catfish red... on the ice. Yes. They, yep. they, 
formed in 1998, 1999. Again, what do you think the boys season, down at PETA would say about that? Um, they get mad at it. It's like a real thing. I'm, I'm sure um, they get more mad at the octopus toss because, uh, you know, octopi, no, because the octopus, the octopus, you can die. buy, you can buy an octopus for calamari in like a fish market. So they can already be dead. They're not alive. Yeah, but like, you can buy catfish just, too. It's just like, if you threw a catfish on the ice, they're going to barb you and you pick it up. Well, which we'll read this, thing. right? So, so, okay. Pittsburgh Monday night game. And when the predators were in the Stanley cup final, some dude threw a catfish on the ice and he was charged with this, orderly conduct, possessing instruments of a crime and disrupting meetings or processions before they were withdrawn. So like you get charged a lot of stuff for it, but the, the moral of the story is these predators alive in 1998, 1999, which is in the direct middle of the Detroit Red Wings dynasty. They're coming off of back-to-back Stanley cups, which only one other team has done since then. So like they're the class of the NHL and these games in 1999, Detroit did play Nashville and they were looking for a unique Tennessee answer to the Red Wings storied octopus tradition. And Jack Daniels was too precious, it said. Guitar picks were too small. And the inspiration came outside when this dude looked down to Broadway and Cumberland River and he saw a catfish. So he brought a nine-pound catfish in on January That's 26, 1999. Tucked underneath his Preds jersey. Walked in for Nashville's first goal, which... Bump, bump, bump. They lost four to one. But <laughs> anyways... uh. He saw it. They were playing Detroit. So they kind of made it a tradition. So I'm going to take that number two. Sorry, I'm very long-winded on this. It's just a cool article. Oh, that's so, very cool, yeah. dude. Um, I'll share one more thing, too. I found they were talking, they were interviewing fans and how they sneak these catfishes into the arena. Because obviously yeah. you're searched on the way in. All right, ready for this? Fan Wes Collins concealed a 20-pound catfish that's into the fish. arena and tossed it onto the ice before the Predators' first home playoff game last year against the Chicago Blackhawks. Using plastic wrap, Collins sealed the catfish to his body. He then pulled on an extra-large Predators jersey to conceal the bulge. <laughs> now, if that doesn't scream... Dedication. I mean, yeah, yeah I guess so. Or I mean, if it was, if it, Yeah, exactly. But we do, we do silly things because people have done them in the past. All right, well, Brandon, since you left me hanging here... Sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. You know what? I feel like I have a, a little bullet in my arsenal here that I might be able to jab you back with. I don't think you will pick this last thing. All right. With the number six overall pick, there has been two teams that play on Thanksgiving Day ever since football has been invented. Pretty much. Don't do Not it. Actually. Don't. Do it! You're stabbing me, man. One of them is traditionally very annoying, and the other one is traditionally very bad. I think that the only reason that they still play on Thanksgiving Day is because it's tradition, you know, and we've done it every single... <laughs> These teams initially actually applied to play on Thanksgiving Day for more revenue, and it was a hit. And the Cowboys copied it in the 60s. The Detroit Lions have been playing on Thanksgiving since before World War II. Like, <laughs> but that's crazy. Yeah. No, that's actually the last time that they didn't play on Thanksgiving was, was a break for World War II. And then actually, I think that, I don't know if it was the Cowboys or the Lions missed two years where the St. Louis Cardinals at that time um, actually played on Thanksgiving in their place. But anyway... Thanksgiving is precious. We want to watch good football. And thankfully we've been able to watch the bills the f- past couple of years, but man, give us some, give us some primetime matchups, you know, 
Are you taking one specific team or just them in general? Just both. Like the fact that it's always the same two random teams with with no, I mean, it's just a historical tradition. So, so here's my thing for you, Johnny, because I believe, I don't know if you can bet on it, but if you can't bet on it, you heard it here first that the lions will probably play the bills on Thanksgiving this year because they had the bills on their schedule. And the Bills are a huge hit on Thanksgiving. And if they could take over on, on one America's of America's team, if they could have one of the third slots, like I love having the Bills game on Thanksgiving. I love that it's an away game because I don't have to work. But I would, I would love because I would, I would go to Detroit for that game. I've never been to Ford Field, so I would, and it's not far. I, you know, made the drive eight thousand times in my life. So yeah. um, that'd be fun. But I don't know. You heard it here first. Yeah, you might be able to get a line on that somewhere. At least I know that the bills in the past have released the guess the schedule thing. Um, so you can always do that, but they know they're on the list for away games. All right. Trivia for you guys. Who is the one NFL team who has never played on Thanksgiving? Los Angeles Rams, like Los Angeles though. No, it's same franchise. It still counts. Even when they were in St. Louis. Let me think about this. They have only been in the league for 25 years. Panthers. Jaguars. There you go. Pat got it. People Jaguars in Jacksonville that even celebrate Thanksgiving, they're either too old and have moved away <laughs> down there to like be in the in the sun away from their family or they're out, you know, enjoying the weather. So, you know. <laughs> I went to Jacksonville. It was not very nice. No? I didn't think, I didn't think so. Well, but. I heard the team's not either. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Neither is their coach. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Patty, you're on the clock with the seventh overall pick and your final pick of this draft. All right, boys. So I know you guys remember a lot of different football themed celebrations and and dances. You know, you have the icky shuffle. You have the dirty bird down there in Hotlanta. But what if I told you that there was a song so bad that the Chicago Bears had to write the Super Bowl shuffle in order for it not to be played. That's right. I'm talking about Bear Down. This horrible, horrible, god-awful song is sang after every Bears touchdown at Soldier Field. I'll, I'll play it for you briefly. It'll probably get copyrighted out, but then I'll read you the lyrics, which are even worse. <laughs> There's like two minutes left of that, but that sounds like a Soviet propaganda anthem. It do- doesn't it? Don't you feel it? Like Bear Town, Chicago Bears, make like, every play, clear the way to victory. <laughs> I'm not worried about copyright claims because that's definitely in public domain. Like that's definitely over 70 years old at this point. <laughs> yes, it was written in 1941, which would make it over 70 years old. Correct. Okay, cool. But it's so bad. <laughs> Every time I hear that, I'm just like, I feel like I am either in Soviet times or like, you know, there's some, I, I don't know, just some 40s politician about to give a speech about, you know, invading foreign nations. It's just so bad. It's like the the Marv Levy song, you know, that he did for the Bills. The Bills. Yeah. They sing it on Howard and Jeremy in the morning sometimes. Yes. It yeah. makes it makes Marv Levy look like Rob Thomas, man. Honestly. <laughs> so 
bear down Chicago Bears with my third pick in this draft of worst sports traditions to the point where right. the the Super Bowl shuffle they would prefer that which is also terrible like <laughs> hey if if Marv Levy is Rob Thomas then uh, does that make Bill Polian Santana yes in that yeah. metaphor that, <laughs> comparatively that's, that's correct <laughs> all right Brandon you're on the clock with the eighth pick With the eighth pick in the draft, I'm so happy my board fell to me and it's everybody I wanted. So I'm going to be taking the sports tradition, unlike any other, the random drug test after a quality performance. (laughs) That's a good one. Yes. I think, you know, if somebody drops 35 points, they get drug tested. If somebody works out really hard, like DK Metcalf, yeah. he gets drug tested. I've heard that Aaron Donald, every time he has like a sack in a game, he always gets a drug test too. It's just like <laughs> it's always something, man. It's always something. So or I'm going to give that one. Say you're, you know, after a game and you know, you, you, you need to relax and your body's really not feeling well. But, yo, this is the first year in NFL history. They didn't test for marijuana. Yeah. Josh Gordon, but, Josh Gordon would have better stats than Jerry Rice. If you heard it here, if that was not a thing, Josh Gordon, we would be saying is the greatest wide receiver I've, of all time. You know, I'm, I'm with you. You obviously know that, but I'm against you with the Josh Gordon because he <laughs> had more than just the weed going no, on. He, right? was, like, he was, he was, he was, he was definitely a on a lot of substances and still had 1900 receiving yards. Yeah, so that's nuts. In a so, but I'm going to make that my uh, final pick in this draft and I'll keep it short and sweet. And uh, John, I hope I didn't steal anything off your board that time. No, 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 no. I actually have way too many left. So oh, there we go. Sorry. No, Sorry. you're good. You're good. <laughs> All right. Last pick, Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, I'm having a hard time with this picking one, but I'm going to go with draft lotteries. I This is not, yeah, no, I this agree is not a popular you. pick, but... I hate draft it's trash, lotteries. dude. If you're the worst team, you deserve the best pick. That's just how it goes, man. Why would yeah. you, if your team sucks and you, the lottery somehow gives you the eighth pick instead of the first, then like you're just torturing your fan base. That's how the Sabres I can get behind this for, pick, John. For, what's that? I'm, I'm behind this pick, but you got to remember the Sabres did get the number one overall they pick. Did, they did, they did, but they also sometimes, I mean, in that same lottery where they got Eichel, you know, they, not that anything would have been different, you know, they were, they were worse than the Oilers that year, right? When yeah, Oilers got McDavid, but. but you know what? The, the no, you're right. In the NHL is the worst on this because last year the Red Wings were like historically bad, like the Tank Sabers, and they fell four spots. Yeah, so that's like as far as you can possibly go. You can only drop three spots in the NHL lottery, which they they come out with all these things. You can't win the first overall pick five twice in five years now. It's like all this stupid. Yeah. Shit. So, yeah. uh, but the the Wings got screwed by that too. So yeah, you know. and like I get it. It's to discourage tanking. And obviously that's going to be a hot topic depending on how this stuff comes out about the Miami owner paying Brian Flores to lose games and, and, and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think that it's, you have to have every single member of the team on board to actually tank. I mean, yeah, and it works though. Sometimes you had the suck for luck, which I mean, I think a lot of it is the player that you're tanking for because it's like, you know, tank for two, it did not work, but suck for luck worked. And I mean, you know, I I think that the Jaguars tanking for Trevor Lawrence and then tanking with Trevor Lawrence, honestly, will have good, will have good effects because, you know, they'll be in another position to get a top notch player. So I I agree with you. Yeah. The NFL doesn't have a draft lottery and they have the best parity out of any, out of the four major sports. So, and obviously that's because they have reduced sample size as well. But anyway, draft lotteries, not a fan, but that wraps up our, uh, our draft. We did pretty good. We made it through. 
I had some honorable mentions, free throw high fives, uh, Penn State throwing toast onto the field, which came from a part of the game where they actually used to toast like alcohol and then they banned alcohol from college games. So they actually just brought toast and that prompted Penn State students to have to design and build a toast Zamboni to clean it all up during games. So that was interesting. And also the silent treatment after you hit your first home run in the MLB. That seems silly to me. Like the one in the NHL, it's kind of, where it's it's kind like, of fratty. It is kind of fratty. That's true. That's funny. In the NHL, they make the guy skate a lap by himself. Ever's first really? the game, not before the game. Like they all go out to skate for warm ups, and they let the rookie go first, and then they just stop. So he just goes. <laughs> <laughs> that's yep. hilarious. That's but, not. That's not like mean though. It's like for six seconds. Right. Right. <laughs> But, and as long as the ice crew does a good job, there's nothing bad that can happen. You know, those shovelers. Yeah, I heard they're top notch work, man. <laughs> at least at the Sabres. All right. Well, you guys know where to find us on Twitter at not buff podcast. Be sure to vote in our poll to let us know who you think had the best draft or reverse draft or worst draft, I guess, if you want to say it that way. But all right, we're going to wrap it up here, but we'll be back on Wednesday next week. Uh, so stay tuned and uh, go Bills. Go Wills. Go Wills.